This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmond.edu. You're listening to episode 39. Ugh, I really wish you would have told me this before. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear simple solutions for living an extraordinary life. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we're going to be talking about... What to really expect when you're expecting. Yeah, hence your little intro interruption thing. (laughs) Exactly, because I don't know. I mean, those books are so popular, like what to expect when you're expecting and all of those. I mean, if you don't have it, you can probably go to your local Goodwill. (laughs) It'll be on the shelves. It's true. There's so many. (laughs) So don't pay full price or ask someone else because they will gladly give it to you. But I mean, yes, that book is a wealth of knowledge, but there's a lot of stuff that I think people learn from experience or you learn from your own mistakes, like we have, that we wish someone would have told us. Like Mm -hmm. simple, simple thing. So I always thought morning sickness was just in the morning because it's called morning sickness. (laughs) You remember how sick I was with Mm, Victoria? Yeah, I was so sick for the first 12 weeks and I was like, I feel like someone has cheated me. (laughs) I really thought I was only going to be sick in the morning. Why didn't someone tell me that? Hey, Christina, you may be sick. 24 7 mm. and it's gonna be okay definitely definitely and and the thing about this podcast is it's actually a response to a question we received so let's listen in hi my name is phil from ontario canada and my wife and i just recently found out that we're expecting our first child we're wondering if you have any advice for expecting parents is there anything that you would do differently looking back or things that worked really well thank you for what you do on the podcast and wishing you all the best Well, this is exciting. It's our first listener question that we're, I guess, doing a podcast around. Yes. And not just first listener question, but from Canada. Yes. Oh, Canada. (laughs) Our home and native land. (laughs) That's good. Okay. And you know what? When I was listening to this question, I couldn't help but think, oh my goodness, all of the stereotypes about Canadians is true. Because did he not sound like the most polite and friendliest person ever? And then the diphthong. Yeah. The diphthong like of the, the voice. Hello? Hello? Like the hello? Like the up? Yeah. Exactly. And so I never thought we had an accent. But when we first moved down here, everyone was like, y'all have an accent. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And now you're saying y'all. Yes. And now I go to Canada to go visit our family. And people like at the local donut shop or like in the stores will be like, where are you from? Mm. So, and they're like, you have an accent. I'm like, I don't belong anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, before we get into some of the thoughts that we had about this on what to really expect when you're expecting, we did want to read a review that was sent in. Uh, this one is from Kali Kila. Hopefully I said it right. Oh, I like that. Kali Kila. <laughs> uh, the title is Informative and Charming Five Stars. And here is what she said. I've never really listened to podcasts before, but a friend shared how to raise children that change the world. Thank you, friend, whoever you are. Yes. And that is a really good podcast. We will make sure to put it in the show notes. Yes. Yes. So I thought I'd give it a listen while at my weekly cleaning job. I'm hooked. Not only are Daniel and Christina's podcasts informative and interesting, these two are seriously funny and charming. 
I love their down-to-earthness and the way that they talk to one another. Hashtag couple goals. I clean for four hours once a week. And as a stay-at-home mom, this job is my me time. Well, what a great way to think about the job. Yeah. That's, this is her time yeah, to that's awesome. spend by herself and maybe make some extra cash for herself or for her family. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. It is. Exactly. It is. So I've enjoyed, I've so enjoyed listening to In Between for all four hours for two shifts now. I just don't get tired of these two. Keep up the good work and keep the podcast coming. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks, Callie Keela, for sending that in. If you send us an email, inbetweenpodcast at gmail.com, and just give us your mailing address, we will send you a copy of the marriage challenge by art rayner now this is a book that we did an interview we did an interview with mm-hmm. art rayner on episode 17 all about money and marriage and it's a great one to listen back to if you've missed that but cali Kila, yeah send us your mailing address and we'll get you the book all right awesome well let's get into it for the rest of the podcast we're going to be covering eight things that we wish we knew uh, and all about what to really expect when you're expecting So the first one, you don't need all the baby things. Oh my goodness, yes. Okay, so listen to this first. We were doing a little bit of research. How much do you think the baby industry is worth in North America and Europe? Okay, so let's think about this. We have never been to a baby show here in North America. No, we haven't. But in Korea, Mm -hmm. where we we lived there for a couple of years, and and that's where Victoria, our firstborn, was born. Mm -hmm. We went to a baby show. Was it at like Coex? or A huge conference center. Yeah, it was massive. I was shocked. I I think we got a baby UV sanitizer there. Yes, we just got stroller, all of that. There were so many choices. Yeah, I couldn't believe how big it was. And then after that, I started, like, I didn't even know baby shows existed in convention centers mm-hmm. you know but and and the same thing i didn't even know that marriage convention show thingies happened either but it's one of those things it's called the bider meinhof batter meinhof i don't really know how to say it phenomenon oh okay you know that you know that phenomenon where it's like oh i want to buy a volkswagen and all of a sudden you see volkswagens everywhere oh yes or i want to buy new lululemon tights not me <laughs> <laughs> they do have men's clothing. Yes, okay, but I don't wear. Okay, actually, I have worn yours one time. That was for like a dress up thing, not out in public. Actually, it was in public. You better say it's in public. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, uh, I did not want to go there. So these are how babies are made. <laughs> okay, yeah, but it's like, oh, I want to get that. And then it's, you see everyone. Right. You see everyone have it. So that's that's what that's called. And uh, so, I mean, in Korea, it was massive. So I don't even know how much bigger it would be in North America and Europe. together. I have no idea where to even start. Ready? 74 billion. 74 million? Billion. (laughs) Billion. Can you believe that? That is crazy. And they were saying by year, I think like 2025 or something, they were thinking $121 billion. Wow. That's how much the baby industry would be. So obviously, there is a lot of marketing going into wanting to get all the families and all the parents to get all the things. How right? do we get into the baby industry? <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. I yeah. want part of that billion. This is, this is now the baby <laughs> podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Starting now. <laughs> so we know it's easy to get caught up in the scanning of all the things at Target and at your baby registry. 
But really, guys, more is not always better. Mm. So what about that baby box in Finland? So I remember reading this on like a Facebook, you know, those things that kind of pop up. And actually, this has been back into the 1900s. Finland used to give their uh, moms at the hospital a box. Like the government would? The government, yes, would give their moms a box um, filled with like necessities like diapers and wipes and um, like towels, bath products, so on and so forth. And also um, on the bottom would be a little mattress for the baby. Mm. So that box actually when it's emptied out with the mattress becomes the baby's first bassinet. Oh, wow. So all that to say, really, y'all, maybe they got this right in terms of you don't need a bunch of stuff. You need uh, the baby to be clothed. You need the baby to be warm. You need the baby to bathe. And you need the baby to be fed and a place to sleep. Yeah, it was so easy, especially during that baby convention whatever you call it thing that we went to, it was so easy just to get caught up in everything. It was like, oh, it's not just a mobile. You need to have one that's automatic. And, and cooks you dinner. Yeah, or and projects images onto the wall <laughs> yes. and automatically shuts off and has a camera attached to it and, and all this. I mean, it's so easy. And and yes, we did have, my sister bought us a, one of my sisters bought us a- um, Video baby a monitor. Video, yeah, which mm-hmm. was- Phenomenal. Yeah, and I, it's probably now- all of them are video now, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's way more common. But yes. this was, what, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, that I think was worth it. Because sure. it just, I, I don't know, we got some fun video coverage. Especially <laughs> when Adeline was kind of like trying to get out. Yeah, and the she, crib. Yeah, one image, like she's hanging on. Rocking Yeah, on rocking back yeah. and forth, back and forth. But yeah, I mean, it's so easy to just get caught up in buying a lot of stuff. Yes, and some of this stuff is actually really impractical, though it may be beautiful. So for example, a friend and I were chatting. She is pregnant with her third child, and she was showing me this play mat on on landofnod.com. Um, it was like $150, first of all. So the baby would be on this mat probably maybe for two months uh, and then would grow out of it. But it probably had a lot of like educational, feely things. Well, right? it was actually really simplistic. So it was like a rainbow on the top where all like the play things would be. And then on the bottom was a, it was a blanket, oh, but it was in the shape of a white cloud. So we were all like, okay, first of all, this is beautiful. But second of all, like one little vomit off from the baby yeah. or like an explosive diaper. And that poor white cloud would be like <gasps> desecrated. Dirty cloud. <laughs> Dirty cloud, completely. And it's so hard to get out. I don't know if y'all know this, but when a baby spits up milk, it turns yellow after. It doesn't stay like milk, like nice and white. No, it turns the stuff yellow. So that cloud is going to, you're going to have to hide that play mat when people come out because it's going to look disgusting. So it didn't even have tactile leaves and it you know, did. You know, okay. it did on the little rainbow part. Oh, but the okay. actual bottom mat was literally just a white cloud. So it didn't have anything on the bottom. Yeah. It was like simple, like almost sterile. Like yeah. so don't buy that one. Yes. Yes, definitely. So number one, you don't need all the baby things. But number two, it kind of goes along with it. Borrow what you can first. I like Christina how you said, you know, even the play mat, how long is the baby actually going to be on it? No, not and, very long. And you could just use a normal blanket yep and put toys on it yes right there's so many different things that you can do but uh, instead of just always going immediately to buying everything what can you actually borrow so what are some thoughts around that so i would say the some of the bigger items like the baby swing and maybe the pack and play and things that take up a lot of space in your house 
ask your friends or if you could borrow that, like the Jolly Jumper and all of that. Because I know for me, I was like dying to give that stuff to my friends for them to borrow. Because that's like in my head, I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to have another baby. I don't want to store it. That's so true. I don't have the rooms to store it. So really, it's like you are storing it at somebody else's house and they just get to benefit from that. Like that's like the the cost transaction of that almost. Yeah, because when we were done having kids, Mm -hmm. you consigned it all. Yes. I mean, we sold it all or sold it on Facebook. But you're right. If you're not sure if you want more kids or not. It, it does just take up a lot of space. Oh my space. goodness, it is. So that's what it is. Ask your friends and take that money that you're going to save on spending on that Jolly Jump or whatnot and put it towards diapers. Y'all, mm. you're going to go through so many diapers. You're going to go through so many wipes. And even maybe put like um, a money jar away for, for date nights because yeah. y'all are going to need that too. We're going to talk about that later, but save up for those date nights as well. Yeah, that's good. And there are so many gadgets. For example, I loved, I don't even know if they sell them here, but in Korea, we bought that UV sanitizer. Oh, not I don't the think wand. Oh, are they not? Yeah. Okay. No. It wasn't a wand. It was like a, it was kind of like a, it looked like a microwave mm-hmm. kind of that you would open up and you would put the, the baby bottles in. Yeah. And then you just close it and 15 minutes later, everything's sanitized. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> for one of the things that I thought for a quick second that we would need is a baby wipe warmer. Yeah. So, because I know one of our children hated when the wipes would be like a little bit cold on their tushy yeah. and they would cry a little bit. But then I was like, y'all, this is going to take up so much space on, you know, the dresser or something. So we can forego that. Yeah. And if you're not sure if you want it or not, one of the things that you can do is just borrow it from a friend, especially one that is a little bit more pricey and Mm -hmm. see how it works and see if you like it or not and say, can I borrow this for a couple days and then I'll return, return it back before you actually spend money on it. Right. So and some of the bigger purchases obviously are going to cost more. So a swing, I think you could probably spend like $300 on a swing super easily uh, before the baby comes. And then when your baby actually comes... Maybe they hate it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it becomes like a were, glorified seat. Yeah, because Victoria loved the rocking back and motion. Forth. Oh, yeah. yeah. All day she could do that. So Adeline, she was like, eh, touch and go. Sometimes she'd be okay with it. Sometimes she wouldn't. And Macarios hated it. As soon as it started moving, he was like crying. Yeah, he hated motion. Well, he hated even his car seat and all of that. Yeah. So literally, we would I would put him in there just to be able to put him somewhere else and like buckle him in. But I couldn't move the swing. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is not worth it for him. I'm glad we've had it for three kids. But if he was our first kid and I had spent $300 on a swing, I would be like, boy, you better like this. <laughs> Cost per use is Cost $300 per use. <laughs> for one swing. No way, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, number three. And this is this is this was probably one of the biggest shocks, I think, for me mm, okay. uh, when we had our first baby. And that's that date nights are not going to come naturally nor easily oh yes yeah and that's not just after the baby comes it's also during pregnancy too Mm -hmm. because before kids it's basically hey you want to spontaneously i mean we would in montreal it'd be like saturday morning and we slept in and Mm -hmm. we're like you want to drive down to the states yeah let's go shopping let's go eat somewhere new yeah so we just literally no planning just woke up after sleeping in mm-hmm. <laughs> and just drove down to the States and then came back at night. And it's one of those things where you just you just can't be as spontaneous. It's not that it's right. taking the fun out of all of it, but you just can't be as spontaneous because 
you now have a baby. Right. And if you're pregnant, well, you don't necessarily want to be so far away from the hospital, yeah. especially uh, nearing term. Or you're just tired or you're sick or you don't feel like you want to be in a car because you're going to have to pee a hundred times there and back. Like all of that, you're just maybe a little bit more touchy too when you're pregnant as well. Yeah. So, I mean, one parent, and here's the other thing when it comes to date nights, uh, one parent will probably sometimes feel guilty or anxious about leaving the baby behind. Mm -hmm. And part of it is we parent the way that we've been parented. Right. And a lot of times, you know, we're, we, we, we do what's been modeled for us. Mm -hmm. We do, you know, we, we catch that. So did your parents go out on date nights a lot? Right. I mean, we, you got those are things that we need to consider because that's going to actually affect your view on dates, especially when kids come around. Right. So is it something that your parents are always saying, like, you know, mommy and daddy love each other. We love you too, but we love each other. And this is part of taking care of like the adult relationship. So if you grow up with that, which I didn't, I don't know if you did, yeah, no, but um, then it just almost seems like you're fighting that mama guilt or parent guilt of like, oh, I have to leave them. So, you know, it, it's hard to do that. It is. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. It is. And actually, number four is tied to number three a little bit. This one is that you may actually grieve over your past life, <laughs> right? That whole idea <laughs> that your freedom is gone. You just can't pick up and go, but it's okay. Right. And I think it's especially hard for friends. Like if you have a tight friends group and then you're the first one to have a baby and then all your friends are maybe a couple years behind or are not even interested in having babies, then it's kind of like this tension of oh, how, yeah. how do I bring the baby along? Should I even bring the baby along? Or... Like, let's get a babysitter, but then I need to know how long we're going for yeah, and, and all of that. Like, well, do I bring my breast pump? Like, and all it's of really this. hard for your friends to understand or, or get that or be right. mindful of it. Yes. So it's kind of like, oh, why can't you just come out with us on the weekend? Right. Or why are you always talking about your baby? Yeah, that's so right. one of those, right? So like, why do you look so tired? Yeah, like, what is what is that on your shoulder? <laughs> Did why, you not get ready? Why today? do you smell like that? <laughs> All of it, right? Because you don't really understand, yeah, what how your life has completely turned upside down unless you have lived it. Mm. And one thing that you may actually have to begin considering is, hey, if you're the first among your group of friends to have children. Mm -hmm you might actually need friends who aren't in your original group of friends. Yes. Not saying ditch them. Right. Right. But life changes. And, and if they and if your group of friends, they start having kids then you'll have different things to talk about. But maybe it's even uh, within church. If you if you're a part of a life group mm -hmm. that's all singles or all marrieds without kids, maybe it's sometimes making friends with those who do have kids. Right. Especially if you're the, you're among the first. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if you have maternity leave and have time, there's other like mom groups that yeah, happen maybe good. in your community. Mm -hmm. Or I know we used to go to library story time. And so I'd meet other 
your parents that way. And just being able to be like, oh, your child does this too. Okay, I'm not so alone in this. Or um, I'm not sure this is my first. My child keeps crying. I have no idea why. And maybe being able to hear advice from other people who have gone before you, so to speak. Yeah, the other thing to be mindful of is maternity leave. Right. So I think there's a little bit of a grieving that happens there because that means it's a stop in your career. Now, I am I know in America, it's like six weeks, so maybe not that much. But in Canada, like 12, 18 months, somewhere in uh, other places in Europe as well, where maybe you used to get your identity from doing what you Uh, did at work or the respect that you got at work. And then now uh, there's no really receiving as a parent with a Mm. baby that young. It's a lot of giving and giving and giving. So you can really miss your life at work because that's where you found like your respect and honor maybe and, and who you thought you were. And then at home, you're like, what in the world? Like, who am I? Yeah. So So how, how was that for you, Christina, when Victoria came and and you stopped working outside of the home for the first time? For me, I think I wanted to be really good at parenting. I wanted to read all of the parenting books so I could be a successful parent, so to speak, like Mm. the best one out there. And then we'll talk about it a little bit later. You realize your child is unique and uh, you just kind of trial by error. And there was a lot of things that didn't go by books. And so we just sort of had to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads us into the fifth point, which is that every baby is different, Uh (laughs) right? Every baby has a different personality. So even when it comes to sleeping and I don't know how many times I just wish there was this silver bullet to sleeping. Yes. Right. It was just like, no, this is how you bring your kid to bed. And I think for Macarios, we're almost there. (laughs) He's like like four (laughs) and he still needs help. (laughs) Almost. But you know what? Even yesterday when I was putting him to bed, it was really funny. I forgot to turn his white noise on because mm-hmm. we always do white noise. We've always done white noise for him. And we're just lying there. And I, I lie on the ground beside him and, and for a little bit. And, and he was just lying there and he was like, oh, where's the music? I need music. And then I turned <laughs> it on and he's like, ah, that's better. <laughs> so it's like his routine. It is. Yes, he knows. He knows the routine. Sure. We walk into the room together. Mm-hmm. He, I lie down. He grabs the Bible. He comes on my chest or my arm. We read a story. Right. He then tries to push me on the ground and make sure I don't get up. <laughs> or I'll joke around. I'll put him in the bed. I'll pray for him. And then I hold his finger. Oh, he drinks some water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turn the lights on. Before I turn the lights on, I'm like, Macarios, give me the biggest smile Aww. ever. And he gives me this massive smile. And then I turn the light off. So it's alert. It's our routine. Right. But that didn't, that's not what happened with Victoria and Adeline. No, not at all. I mean, Adeline was literally, she, and still to this day is our best sleeper. Like she has a little bunny that she cuddles. And when she was young, she used to like suck her bottom lip to like self soothe. Yeah. Like when you read those books and you say your child should be sleeping through the night at, at six weeks, which I mean, doesn't really happen at all. Mm. But with Adeline, it did. And she was like, picture perfect textbook perfect in terms of that sense i was like whoa i don't know what we did but amazing she slept through the night yeah at six weeks yeah yeah there are a lot of and there are a lot of different ways there are a lot of different books and there's a lot of different styles of parenting Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing to understand is hey it's great to learn from others and even in listening to this podcast you're hearing our experience right but we've only had three kids yeah Right. And, and we raise them in a certain way. 
So not every child is the same, even among your own children, too. Yes. So what works for one may not work for the other. And that's okay. That's part of keeping you humble. Mm -hmm. All right. Number six, everyone will have an opinion about what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. Uh huh. So not even just books, because if you go to the library and you look at parenting books, you'll have like a hundred that are all probably saying the different things. And you're like, what? I don't understand. You just one book contradicted the other. Yeah. (laughs) So but then you go out into the real world and people always have an opinion and will tell you like, oh, your baby's crying too much. Or maybe you should change your baby or maybe your baby's trying to tell you this or don't do this. Don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Your baby's too cold. Your baby's too hot. Exactly. I remember one time. Um. One of my friends, I was explaining to her, I was really upset because this woman uh, who came up to me kept saying that my baby is cold, so I need to put a blanket on the baby. And I was like, the baby is not cold. It's like 85 degrees. Yeah. Like, it's not. <laughs> it's not. But maybe in her culture, you had to bundle up the baby more. Yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. Thank you. Trying to be polite. And I was like, give me back my baby. I'm just going to walk away. So I was telling her, I was frustrated. And she was saying, Christina... This is what my dad used to tell me. Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody has one. So we're just yeah. going to dig it from there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So in the end, take what works for each child and the rest of the stuff that you're hearing from other people are reading. Just politely shove yeah. that into the shake trash. Shake it off. Yeah. Shake it off. Totally. <laughs> shake it off and throw it in the trash. Yeah. All right. Well, number seven, breastfeeding is incredible. And sucks all at the same time. I see what you did there, Christina. <laughs> I didn't mean to do a pun, but yeah. <laughs> it's true. Do you know how much it sucks? <laughs> I mean, when you had mastitis, oh it, it my really goodness. looked like it sucked. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. It really, really was. Okay, so we're going to spend um, a few moments on this, but I do want to say this first. Um, mastitis is horrible. Mastitis <laughs> is horrible. Also, breastfeeding. I mean, all those pictures look so nice and warm and cuddly. Y'all, breastfeeding, like, it hurts. <laughs> like, your baby is literally attached to your nipple and sometimes, like, rips it off. Like, it will bleed. It will crack. Oh. Like, it's it's really painful. I'm sorry to say all the husbands who are listening are probably like, oh, let's fast forward this part. So I do want to give a quick tip to um, those who are pregnant, maybe with their first, um, who don't really know what to expect. My mother-in-law told me this. And at first I was like, I I don't want to do this, but it really makes sense. So she was telling me to like, before the baby comes, to like massage your nipples and to like try to get them to toughen up. Wait, 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 wait. Who told you this? Your mom told me this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. oh okay yeah Yeah. and she was telling me like you need to you need to toughen them up because your baby is going to be so tough on them so she was like pinch them twist them like really try to and i was like okay (laughs) but did it work yes (laughs) i think so so it's kind of i mean i don't i I didn't do it before like it was with my first child so it's not like i know what it would have been like not like it so it's kind of like you know when you're playing guitar you get calluses on your fingers yeah Yes, so, exactly. Like, so you can get calluses on your No, nipples, no. Or? I mean, you can't. You, yeah. you, well, yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah, okay. But lots of things can happen to your nipples. <laughs> but yeah, um, you, you really do need to toughen them up. Mm. You don't want like tender ones. <laughs> tender nipples. All right. <laughs> I told you we're going to spend a moment on this. Okay. Yes. Okay. So part two about breastfeeding. 
Y'all, it's exhausting. Yeah. It really is. So babies will most likely eat more when they're breastfeeding versus when they're bottle fed. Okay. Yeah, because the formula maybe be a little bit more thicker or just more like dense in that sense. Mm. But yeah. And it comes out faster, no? In a bottle? Yes, usually the babies don't have to work as hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's all nipple confusion and all of that, which like if you're having issues with your breastfeeding, talk to your electricianist because mm. they will, they will know they are experts. Another thing is that it can actually cause your baby pain. So we found out a lot um, with our first child, Victoria, she seemed a little bit colicky at times and we had no idea why remember she used to have like such gas in her tummy her tummy would be bloated her like legs and her knees would curl up and she would like be really tense and screaming ever to burp her or forever to calm her down i know and so um Mm -hmm. we were researching and then we were talking to some friends and they were like you know she may have like some food allergies i'm like she only drinks breast milk. It's not like she's having, you know, like three course dinner or anything. And they're like, no, but what you eat as the mom turns into breast milk. Yeah. For the baby. So what you should try to do is like take a food log of things that you're eating and then see how she's reacting. Yeah. So okay. I did that and it turned out she had a dairy intolerance. Okay. So in terms of a food log, what's the time? Like, like how long before what you're eating? goes into your breast milk i'd say probably i mean things faster but maybe in in 24 hours oh okay so to speak that's the same even in human bodies it's like what you're eating today you won't probably feel until tomorrow during that time okay but that's usually what it is so yeah that's what i knew too i was like um i remember deciding to have some cheese and butter and i was like we're all gonna pay for this tomorrow And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. We had, you know, she had gas and all of that. Yeah. So, so all I'm hearing is that breastfeeding is horrible and painful and you shouldn't be doing it. Are there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did it with all three of our yes, kids. I did. So what, what's the upside to it? The upside is, okay, the really practical upside is that it is cheaper than formula. Yeah. Much, much cheaper. So um, that was the one thing I remember we're having issues with feeding with Victoria. And I was like, we literally cannot afford for her to be on formula. It was just money was really tight. So I was like, we are going to do this, girl. Mastitis or not, we are going to get through and we are going to breastfeed. And Mm. we did, thankfully. And I know I've talked a lot about it being painful and all of that. Um, and hard work, but it is beautiful. It really is such a wonderful time for the baby and the mom to bond. Um, and just to be able to have those snuggles and, and attachment that way. A caveat to that, I would say, is that if you um, had planned for your husband to take on some of the feeding, maybe at night and, you know, maybe if you can go out and do your own thing, the baby may have a bottle strike and may not want the nipple of the bottle because nipple of mama is way better yeah so there i mean all three kids of of ours went through it they didn't want a bottle anymore and so we had to find other ways for you to bond with them because feeding wasn't really working yeah so what i do is we had a moby wrap felt like a jedi every time i put that on (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) wrap 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 yeah, but whether it be in the afternoon or if we would be out, I'd usually Moby wrap the baby and and it would just be a really great way to cuddle mm-hmm. and put him to bed that way. Yes, exactly. And then, I mean, once the baby starts eating solids, then the baby doesn't care usually of who's feeding it. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, 
the first six months might be a little bit hard in terms of the bottle feeding, but it does get better. Mm -hmm. So before we get to our last point, I do want to say that if for those of you who have tried breastfeeding and it is just not working, that's okay. The main point is that your baby is fed. It doesn't really matter how your baby's fed, whether it's bottle or whether it's formula or whether you're getting it from a milk donor, so to speak, like all of that. It doesn't matter. Really what matters is that your baby is fed. Mm, That's a good word. And really, like I said, if you had tried and you're just feeling like a little bit unsure, whatnot, a lot of hospitals and a lot of postnatal care does surround around your um, lacticianist. And so feel free to reach out to them. Yeah. And don't feel guilty or ashamed in reaching out to them either. No, exactly. I mean, when I had mastitis, um, if you've never had that before, it is a plugged milk duct. And if it gets um, so plugged up, the milk actually gets hard and it will not be able to come out of your nipple. And so uh, it can get infected and inflamed and like make you basically feel like you have the flu. It's awful. So I went to my electricianist and I was like, I don't know what to do. And so I will spare you the details, but it involved a lot of massaging and a needle. Yes. Yeah. If you yes. really want to know, yeah. just reach out to us and I will explain the story. No worries. If you're like, what is this? Maybe I have this. I would be willing to go through it with you. But for the sake of all those who may not want to listen to it, we will skip those yeah. those <laughs> information parts. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, our last point is relax. No one actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> I wish every single baby book ended like that. Been like, it wouldn't sell though. I they know. Need to know what I know. Doing. I know. They have to. They have to prove that they have MDs in the back or whatnot. Or this is what the research says. But literally, like we said, every baby is different. Every parent is different, and so a lot of parenting, and especially with the babies, is a guessing game. Yeah, it's a lot of trial by error. So that's where I think it's still important that we learn what we can learn mm-hmm. and get opinions from others and and try to. Just gather as much information as we can, but don't feel guilty if something is going not the way you thought, not not the way it, it, it was portrayed in the book. Right. Right. Or it is going and it's like, oh, now I should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm I mean, the best parent ever until I have my second. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, wait, none of this actually works. <laughs> exactly. So will you make mistakes? Yes, you will. Because we all have. Uh, will you have successes? boy and girl you better believe it you will have so many wins um will it change minute by minute yeah Yeah, it totally will will. so i love this quote that i saw um and it said i was an amazing parent when i was raising my hypothetical children (laughs) (laughs) it's not so true so many opinions like i will never do daniel when we have kids i will never do this i can't believe this did you see they just gave him a lollipop when right before dinner never never will we allow our children to have sweets before dinner yeah but don't you find though that sometimes when you're talking to people who you don't really know them they don't really know you Uh but the kids are around or something's happening and and they ask you how many kids you have and when you say oh i have three they don't really say anything anymore. Like I, I found that when we had like one or two right. people would be like, oh, you just wait. Oh, or, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I always found like with three for me, everyone would say, oh, it looks like you have your hands full. Oh, OK. And which I did. 
Yeah. I did. I was like trying to hold one. The other two are trying to run in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, ah, right. But I always thought it was like a negative thing. Like, oh, look okay. at you. Like one too many babies, girl. Huh. So, okay. but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually now what I'm hearing is just wait until they're teenagers. <laughs> yes, that's true. Even the Costco lady yes, said that today. She's like, enjoy them while they're young because they're sweet. Wait until they're driving and they're teenagers. I'm yeah. like, great. Thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing, right? Parenting has an amazing way of humbling us. Yes. So true. Right. And realizing that our parents knew way more than we gave them credit for. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you, mom and dad. Yes, thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, Oma and Appa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. You knew what you were talking about. Yes, definitely. Well, thanks again for listening in to the In Between podcast. If we're not connected yet on social media, do follow us at In Between Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But next week on episode 40, what are we covering, Christina? We are going to talk about the importance of teaching our kids to fail so that they can rise again. Mm, All right. Well, be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet done so. Tell a friend. uh, Tell your mom. Tell, I don't know. I was looking for a rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave that for next time. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. Be sure to visit enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first time.